Greetings, friends and fellow demons, and welcome to Demonosophy. So, Friday, Marks was trending on Twitter. So that must mean my discussions of Marks on here are very timely. There's something going on out there. There's something in the atmosphere. Something saying Marks might be worthy of your attention here for a moment. Checking out that uh, thread on Twitter, or checking out that trend on Twitter, I found a tweet by a uh, retweet of an interview from uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, now, if you don't know, Robert Kiyosaki is a, is a great economist that I uh, like a lot. I think I referenced him in, in uh, Nebu Generator once or twice. Uh, he's a free market guy. He's a personal so, uh, responsibility guy. He wrote a really great book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which he talks about how the attitude towards um, capital, attitude towards success, attitude towards personal responsibility has a direct effect on whether you end up uh, wealthy or not. Um, that that your track to wealth, uh, your track to success, your track to happiness starts with your uh, inner attitude, your inner state that you have. So uh, he puts it in much less esoteric terms than I probably would. But um, my point is this, in his little interview, uh, he talks about how uh, the Federal Reserve, central banking system, is uh, all Marxist. They're all Marx when you look at them. They're all Marxist. Um, and and it's a brief snippet of an interview. So I thought um, people who don't know a little bit more about um, Marx would just how easy it would be for them to just dismiss that of oh that's just right wing ranting. They don't know uh, what what Marxism really is. Um, so. Uh, in answer to that, uh, we're going to pull out the Communist Manifesto again today and see what Marx uh, really said about that. So, this is page 30 out of the Manifesto. I, I, you see, I just turned to it right away. This is really the meat of it. Um, he says, these measures will, of course, be different in different countries. Nevertheless, in the most advanced countries, the following will be pretty generally applicable. And this is their, this is the list of things. This is the famous list of Marxist uh, goals to achieve. Number one, abolition of property and land and application of all rents of land to public purposes. Two, a heavy progressive or graduated income tax. Well, we got that. That's exactly what we have. Uh, it's progressive and graduated. That's probably that's that, and that's where the whole concept of progressivism comes from. Number three, abolition of all right of inheritance. In other words, um, if if your parents leave something to you when they die, you don't get it. The state takes it. Four, confiscation of the property of all emigrants and rebels um, and, and rebels, which is basically anyone who disagrees with them gets their property confiscated. That's literally 
what has, has happened in, in Marxist regimes like the Soviet Union, like in uh, Mao's China, North Korea. Um, that's exactly what they did. And so here's the one that Kiyosaki is referring to. Number five, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. That's, that's central banking. That's the Federal Reserve. That's what the Federal Reserve is. It's a centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital, which is the dollar, and an exclusive monopoly. What that means is it's illegal for anyone else to print money. And it's illegal for you to use anything for money other than their paper stuff or the credit. And, and you know, that's why Kiyosaki is saying that. It's like, you know, down here, like one through five, it's like the system that we live under currently is Marxist. Um, it, it, and it is a Marxist ideology. Some people say, oh, well, centralizing banks. No, that's like because economists do. It's not because of Marx, because of economists. Well, no, it is because um, the economic philosopher, uh, John Maynard Keynes, who's, uh, who basically developed the system that uh, the Federal Reserve is based on, Keynesian economics, which is an economic system which says there's, uh, there's fluctuations in a capital, in a free market system, the market might go up and it might go down. And so we need to intervene and take control of it to prevent that from happening. But the reality, which everyone can see, is that even though they have control of it, markets still go up and down. The reality is their intervention of it creates the crashes. It's the, it's the central bank's intervention, which creates inflation. Um, yet these are the effects that they use to justify um, their involvement with it, their control of it. It's diabolical. They're creating the problems that they claim that they are solving. Um, and it's just, it's, it's diabolical, not, not in the good sense of diabolical, not in the diabolicon sense of it. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just wicked and it's evil. So, um, you know, I can go on with, uh, the other, um, other things on here, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. I think that's like the main main point about central banking to understand is that um, A, it is based on Marxism, it is based on collectivism, and it is based on stripping the individual of all of his physical uh, property and all of his uh, individuality and all of his um, self rational self-interest. Uh, it's designed on, on, on divesting us of that. Um, it is Marxist, and it, and also, um, this isn't just me talking about it. You go out and look at other legitimate co uh, economists out there, professional economists, not like me. I'm, I'm just an amateur. I'm just an amateur guy with a cell phone. These ideas are out there. Um, there's just a certain level of society. Um, where you're basically cut off from from this like kind of knowledge, and that's what I'm trying to open up right now. I'm trying to open up um, a a more a a more precise kind of knowledge, and then B uh, behind that, there's even a higher knowledge that goes into the realm of principle, to the realm of the of, uh, ideas, if you will.
Some people have asked why I'm talking so much about Marxism and not more about magic. Well, this is why. It's important that you understand that Marx, Marxism is against magic. Magic in the sense of causing change to occur in conformity with individual will. Marx is against that. Um, there is nothing at all and nothing in all of the body of Marxism that has anything to do with your personal success, with your well-being, with your uh, individuation, with your process of coming into being as an individual. Nothing in the whole body of Marxism or socialism about that at all. So, number one, that's that's the thing you got to realize. There's nothing in it about um, magic or initiation, personal accelerated initiation. So if you're interested in those things, uh, you have to realize that they are in conflict with Marxism and, and, and collectivism. And so the reason it's important to learn about these things is that you have to clear out the druge first. And this is one of the reoccurring themes in Nebu Generator and probably the main, uh, the, the main motivation behind it all. You have to clear out all of the bullshit in the mind first. You have to clear out all the false delusion, a pep, uh, lies and misinformation out of the mind as much as you can. So you never will do that completely. No, I get that. You're never going to do that completely, but you can make an effort to do that. And when you make an effort to do that, when you direct your attention towards that, it weakens the power of a pep within you. It weakens the uh, thickness of the druge. So you can start to see things a little bit better. And so things like start to start to lighten up a little bit. And they start to lighten up a little bit and you can start to maybe do some things um, about your situation. The other reason I harp on Marxism so much, there are other forms of collectivism that are just as bad, but Marxism is probably the most prevalent. So uh, the CCP in, uh, in China, Soviets, North Korea, um, and again, as I just mentioned, Keynesian, a Federal Reserve System, Marxism, the philosophies of Marxism are at the root of all of this. Um, and, you know, like I was saying last week when I, you know, I had to get this book when I was taking a, a social theory class in, in, in university. So Marxism is just at the academic level. I know a lot of you already know this from personal experience that uh, at that academic level, Marx is just taken as, oh, he's just another theorist. He's just as good as these others, along with Max Weber and Emil Durkheim and, you know, so on and so forth. And you got to take in, you know, what's good for it and everything. And, and again, it's a compromise with, compromise with evil is what that is. It allows it in to your house and it takes a seat in the house and then it has power over it. You know, there's that story about... Um, that, that mythology about vampires, that uh, they have no power as, as long as you don't invite them inside. If you invite them in, then, then they have power over you. Well, that mythology just might be a lesson 
um, about how ideas work, that if you let in certain ideas, certain parasitic ideas into your house, the house of your being, then that will have power within there and it will like begin to take root within you, it will begin to have control. So be careful about thinking, oh, I mean, chaos magic, this is one of the problems with chaos magic is it leads, leads in this direction of like, oh, just let in every, everything in because nothing can really hurt you anyhow. And it's like, I mean, what happens is people let in like all of this divergent, um, nefarious uh, influences um, in, in, into their house and uh, then you have trouble getting it out of the house. It's not as easy to get it out as it is to let it in. Letting it in is quite easy. You just you just open up and you and you breathe in. But getting it out is more of an effort. And so that's one reason why you hear me harping on it and harping on it and harping on it. Last time I talked about remarkable magicians who were outspoken in their non-communism, really anti-communism. Um, I forgot to mention Aleister Crowley in that list. Michael Aquino is another. Michael Aquino actually went and fought in a war against communism, the Vietnam War. And that's where he wrote the Diabolicon. And the Diabolicon um, was interestingly, the first version of the Diabolicon was destroyed by mortar fire. He was writing it in, in that, that close to combat that he was writing. It was destroyed by mortar fire. So you can take that however, however you want it. That um, it, 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 And then it, what you read today was like rewritten uh, from there. Um, so in, in one sense, you can take that, that the forces of communism, collectiv collectivism, um, are trying to uh, destroy um, this tract of liberating the individual. And here's a final thought on the idea that we take things from the, the outer world, that we receive influences into us, sometimes good influences, sometimes bad influences. So all organic life does this. If you break it down to the level of an amoeba, microbes, um, it can be very revealing how they uh, basically like consume each other and then and then you know one one microbe comes and gets another microbe and then just processes it into itself and all organic life does this at greater or lesser degrees of complexity complexity um, in their system for pro how they process it and Remanifest it, and also how they consume it, and what sorts of things they consume. So all animals eat stuff, eat things, and drink water. We take stuff from the objective universe, from the world around us, from the outer world, and we bring it into our inner world, and we digest it, assimilate it, and integrate it into our being. And from that, we get energy. We turn it, we convert it into energy. It's really quite amazing. Man is like, you know, beat his head for like 
aeons trying to create machines that do the same thing or devices that do the same thing to replicate the power that organic life has to uh, assimilate influences like this. So man does the same thing, but he does it more complex than any other being that we know. Part of the reason is because man has an additional brain or additional center that other organic life doesn't have, that other mammals don't have. And what that does is it allows him to, um, to utilize Im impressions as another form of food, or rather it enables man to be able to uh, access a higher level, another degree of food from, uh, from, you know, from ordinary food and water. Below that, then there's a, I, I, I believe that even like minerals and stuff are, are like a kind of uh, food too, right? So like plant roots and certain some worms in the earth and stuff, they absorb nutrition from like minerals and stuff that are like in, uh, in the soil. So that's probably a kind of food too. Um, and, and Zoroastrians talked about this, all of this food stuff as kinds of fire. They turned it to the, the, the seven kinds of fire that they talk about in there. But anyhow, it's a very high kind of fire, a high kind of food that man can bring in that is in the, the form of impressions. Or more specifically, by consciously received impressions, man extracts like this nutrition from uh, the impressions, but he does not ex extract from anything that are like uh, from from negativity, right? From like the bad things that come into us. There are impressions that come into us that are just uh, the quality of them is 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 negative. And uh, if you start to look at it in the, in the light in the right kind of perspective, uh, you can see that there's always a uh, sense of awakening here, a sense of realization of all of the um, bad stuff I've taken in in the past. You know, someone uh, having a moment of, an alcoholic having a moment of clarity about his past is like a really uh, visceral, uh, sort of a crude example of it. But it happens in many other, in, on many other levels as well, that we have this realization of what we've been taking in in the past maybe wasn't, wasn't good for us and hasn't done us like any, any good. And um, this is also referred to as the, the call of conscience or the remorse of conscience. Sometimes it's called the gnawings of conscience. Um, and, and, and this is an area that, uh, that, that I, I know a lot of people coming from the left-hand path, it's, it's really hard at first because this sounds like the kind of uh, shit that you're rebelling against um, when you come onto the left-hand path. Uh, but the reality is the left-hand path leads you to an awakening of a more real experience of conscience. On the right-hand path, usually when they, term con they use the term conscience simply as a policeman to police your behavior as an internal, do this, don't do that. And it always just has to do with like, um, you know, often just with like sexuality, um, what you do with your, your genitals. Um, and, 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 and the right kind of behavior in order to stay within the, within the flock and be a good boy. But really, conscience um, referred to and refers to something very 
deep within us. It's that feeling of remorse that you experience when you uh, remember yourself and realize that you have not been conscious that you have been just eating and taking in whatever like comes your way and in terms of impressions and you've been doing it mechanically that you've been doing it asleep remorse of conscience is the realization that you've been asleep and there's always a sense of remorse there because when you realize you've been asleep you realize that you weren't really there for whatever has been going on uh, in the moments preceding that. In Egyptian mythology, this is represented with Mat. Uh, Mat represents conscience and the remorse of conscience. And it's what uh, Set experiences when um, at the conclusion of his contests with, with Horus, and uh, Isis slash Mott points out to him um, that uh, his own contradictions and his own lies, and he has a moment of that, of remorse of conscience. And that is the point at which Set then ascends to uh, Ra's sunbark, where he uh, becomes the, the nature, the only nature, that can uh, thwart a pep, that can thwart the druge, that can thwart um, delusion and lies. So there's something very important about that remorse of conscience in that you allow yourself to feel it, to experience it, and to consume it. rather than trying to bury it, which is, that's the right-hand path approach to it, ironically. Um, that the right-hand path approach to that is, oh, immediate, oh, well, forgive me. Well, I'm forgiven because of Jesus. Jesus died for my sins, so I'm forgiven. So it's okay. I don't have to worry about it. Um, or you go and get blessed or whatever, you know. So um, that might not be where we expected to go with this conversation, but that's where we ended up. Um, a place a little bit deeper than where we started. A place where we can struggle to keep the dark fires burning.